Well, we'll get right into the service tonight. I just have a couple of things about the importance of a local church. And before we start, we'll pray. Amen. Father, we thank you again for this opportunity. And we thank you that as I speak, I'll speak boldly the mystery of the gospel. I thank you, Father, for divine utterance and a doorway open tonight to make known this, your gospel. And I thank you, Father, that you help us as we minister your word through great grace that is upon us. And I thank you for every ear tonight to be anointed to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, that minds are open and hearts receptive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to start with 1 Timothy chapter 3, and we're going to talk about the importance of your local church. And, uh, of course, I've been a pastor for... Oh, 40 years, maybe. So, you know, I could, you could say, well, you're a little biased. Absolutely, I sure am. But I have found out, not just through uh, being in the pulpit as a uh, standing in the office of ministry, but also as a congregational men- uh, member uh, from both sides of that, the tremendous power that is available through your local church. And really, I believe it is God's design, God's plan for his blessing to be upon all of us as we gather together. And there's a multiplied power. We, we, we used to say, you know, there's a corporate anointing um, that comes upon people when they gather together in his name. Amen. And so the, the uh, intensified power there uh, can help with so much in our lives so quickly. It's just something else, isn't it? I mean, I know just, you know, just the basic level of that is coming to church tired and leaving fired up, you know? That helps, doesn't it? And then David and I were talking the other day about how we would have uh, meetings and uh, church services, and usually back then we had Sunday night services and he said in his churches, and, and I know in our churches, we would have people gather around the altar and pray and just take time spending uh, the time with the Lord in prayer. And, and we weren't necessarily laying hands on them or praying. We just allowed the the pulpit to be open Amen. so that people could pray. Yes. And uh, it was amaz- amazing how, uh, you know, you didn't hear as much about uh uh, mental illness or uh, distress in marriages or family problems or this or that. It seemed like people would come and lay their burden down, you know, and pick up the joy of the Lord and uh, really touched by God so much that there would be an instant deliverance from whatever the problem was. Now, you know, there wasn't always that way, but I'm telling you, we saw it as pastors and experienced it. As parishioners, I mean, there is a power in the house of God. Amen? So what would Satan try to do then? He would try to separate people from coming to church. He would try to keep them away, wouldn't he? Oh, well, you know, it's just a religious place. It's just a religious message. It doesn't have anything to do with our contemporary world. But I can tell you it has everything in the world to do with your contemporary world. Amen? It will absolutely get you through this life in, and, and we used to sing in grand and glorious style. Amen? Yes, so um, 
I, uh, you know, tonight admonish you, if you don't have a local church, perhaps you're listening and you've stopped going to church or or you just can't, you know, some people say, I just can't find one. There's some one on every corner now, <laughs> you know. Um, somebody told me, Scarlett, why are you praying for more pastors? Why are you praying for more local churches? And I said, because we don't have enough. We need them everywhere. Amen. We're not in competition. We're in the body of Christ. And there's 7-Elevens everywhere. So there can be churches everywhere. Amen. And And there are. Thank God. And so you can find one that fits your your style and uh, get hooked up with that local church and be faithful and let the Lord move in your life as you connect yourself to the local church. So we're going to start in First Timothy and just look at a couple of scriptures here. First Timothy, chapter three and verse uh, 14 and 15. This is First Timothy chapter 3, 14 and 15. These things I write unto you, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. It is the pillar and the ground of truth. And this is where you're going to learn about God in his house. Amen. He calls it the house of God. That means it's his house. You know, you might come over to David and I's house where we live or Marie and Jerry, their house. But this is set apart. This sanctuary is set apart for God. It's God's house. Amen. And really, we ought to come honoring him in everything we say and do and the way we look and the way, you know, we conduct ourselves. Here it says how to behave in the house of God. And I think this has some different kinds of meanings. I know my mother's here tonight. She raised me in church. And there were certain things we didn't do in church. You know, We behaved ourselves in the house of God. We weren't running up and down the aisles as children or trying to get on the stage and play the piano or uh, bringing food and drink and all that. I mean, we, you know, we were very reverent when we went to church. Amen? And if we weren't, we got the look. Did you ever get the look? <laughs> and you know, after you got the look, you were going to get the rod of correction at home. Amen? So, so you know, we, we learned how to behave in the house of God. And that was uh, learning to be honorable and reverent. And I don't think that those two words have disappeared, but certainly that there's the crept in uh, just kind of a casualty about uh, the house of God, more casual. And um, I believe it takes away from the power and the majesty of God. Amen. We need to remember how great he is. And if we came into the presence of royalty, there is protocol. Amen. I mean, before you go see the Queen of England, they teach you a few things <laughs> and they'll tell you how to act and how to approach her and what to say to her or not to say to her. And that you don't turn your back on her when you're leaving the, the room and that these the, these certain things that uh, show that, uh, you know, that that you honor her. Amen. And um Praise God that we love Queen Elizabeth, but we serve the King of Kings. Yes, Amen. The King of Kings. 
And so uh, I believe that honor brings uh, the glory of God. And as we honor him, we can see the manifestation of his love and his kindness and his goodness and his greatness. Hallelujah. So here it says, behave thyself in the house of God. Now let's read this in the Amplified. Verse 15 says, if I'm detained, you may know how people ought to conduct themselves in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and stay, the prop and support of the truth. So it's so important. The church is so important for the truth to be spoken. And, and, and I want to emphasize that because the Bible says when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. When you continue in the truth, the truth will make you free. So truth is very uh, important. And, uh, you know, the world will tell you, and I've been told, you know, in college and yeah. master's program, everything, well, there's no absolute truth. Yes, there is. This is the absolute truth. Amen. The truth of God's word and the church is the, the support and the prop of that. So that's why we are to support the local church, not just financially, but the Bible does say bring the tithes and the offerings. Uh, and, but in every way we are to support. You know, one thing we, we need to do and should do is pray for our local church every day. Amen. We need to lift up our local church. We need to pray for the people in the church because, you know, the people make up the church. Amen. Pray for one another. Put, you know, I have all of y'all's names down on my daily prayer devotion list and, and lift you up to the Lord. It doesn't take long just to mention people in prayer. Amen. But yet it can mean a whole, you know, uh, amazing thing in their life when God has, has uh, heard your prayer and moving on their behalf. So, uh, we, it says here how you ought to conduct yourself in the household of God. So there's certain things that we, we know from the word that we are to, to be and to do to conduct ourselves in the household of God. We're brothers and sisters. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> we, we used to call each other that more often, you know, brother so and so or sister so and so. Uh, you know, probably a good thing to do, but um, we're a family. Amen. And, and, and families are needed today. And the family of God is more needed. Um, maybe you, you are isolated or not, you know, don't have a lot of family, but you do in a church. Amen. That's another reason to, to join a local church, to be a part of a local church, because it can be a tremendous help to you. And family, amen, that really care. Praise God. I love this church, Grace Harvest. Such a family, amen, such kindness and love and caring. And, uh, it's, it's really, it's, it's amazing what the people in our church will do for each other and, and do for others that aren't, aren't even in the church, amen. It's amazing. Um, so let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And this is verse 14, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. It says, For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, well, how weird was that? would that be, right? We're, 
we're right here at Halloween. That would be Halloweenistic <laughs> to have an eyeball just coming down the aisle, you know. But um, it, it's not just an eye. It says we're with the hearing. If the whole were hearing, we're with the smelling. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. Um, and it goes on to say how the, in verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee. Right. And when we are not involved with our brothers and sisters at a local church, we are saying, I have no need of thee. And that's exactly what he said we don't need to say. We need to say, I need you. I need you, Pam. I need you, uh, Sister uh, Marie. You know, I need all of y'all. And believe it or not, you need me. Amen? And we might act really differently. We might look differently. We might be different ages or different whatever. And, and certainly the ears a lot different than the eye. But we need each other. And we all make up a beautiful body. And I'm telling you, diversity is good. Amen. The more diversity, the better, I believe. It makes it a lot more exciting and an adventure. And God knows that. And I think another thing about our local churches now, if people were attending like they should and like they need to, uh, to be enriched in their own life, I think that some of this worldly, worldly, uh, cultural lingo, uh, that they're trying to get out or regulate would be automatically done by the love of God. I mean, we used to sing, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. I mean, we learned growing up, it didn't matter what color you were. It, it didn't matter uh, what background you were or what, you know, if you were even a man or a woman, God loves everybody. Amen. Chot the children and the older people. Praise the Lord. So we see here that the truth of the word really takes care of all these questions of, well, are we being kind to the poor? Of course we are. Amen. That's what Jesus preached. Didn't he? Amen. Yeah. Uh, so we don't have to regulate that or, or, you know, make that a thing. The church teaches that. And, uh, they, and people learn the truth about caring for others, loving others, helping others. Amen. And, and the stories of Jesus, like the Good Samaritan, we see that, uh, we go out of our way to help someone. And then, you know, he, he not only helped the man that had been, uh, so badly beaten, et cetera, but he took him to a hotel, paid for, for it. You know, there's, financial help, and said, if you need anything else, I'll pay for that. Amen? Amen. So we see that these teachings of the truth are not just for these four walls. These truths absolutely help us be who we need to be, not only to our families, but to the the whole neighborhood, the whole everything. Amen? And um, the, the difference that the church makes is amazing, and I believe that because way back people saw the significance of local church, that's why they even made this nonprofit, right. where you don't have to pay taxes. Why? Just 
well, that's just a good thing to do. No, that, I don't believe that. I believe they did that because they saw the benefits of a local church and a community. Amen? When you're teaching that you don't steal, well, you're, you're saving the community all kinds of money when you preach the truth about the thief, uh, to be a thief is not right. Amen? Uh, when you're, you're teaching people to tell the truth, can you imagine if everybody started telling the truth? We wouldn't need detectors at the airports. We wouldn't need, you know, all kinds of security programs and all kinds of, you know, affidavits and all these kinds of notaries. I found out the other day that it's not, there's not just a notary level. There's like a gold platinum notary level that really, really makes sure you're not lying. And I thought, this is ridiculous, you know, but lying is spread because the truth has not been taught or people aren't hearing it. Amen? So um, I, I believe the church is that prop and support of the truth, and the truth makes people free. Yes. Praise God. Not condemning, amen, but showing people how to live and how to live properly and right and successful. Amen. So let's move on. Let's look at Romans chapter 12. Are you still with me? All right, good. Romans chapter 12, look at verse 1, and we'll see here, uh, the Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, where are we going to get our mind renewed? One place is in church. Amen. And then it says, For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Now, isn't that something? We are so connected. Um, the, in the world, you know, they call it networking. We're networking. And they realize the power of networking because the more people you meet, the more people you know, and they say it's not even what you know, it's who you know. <laughs> That can get you places in life. So they get, you know, they get these little bits of truth, uh, I believe, from from God. Uh, they're just not putting it all together. But he said here, as we're born again, we're born into the same family, and we're even members of one another. And and then it says that we have gifts differing uh, according to the grace that's given to, to us. And then it goes through all these different gifts. But it does continue to say, and throughout, I won't read the whole verse, but um, how when we prefer one another and honor one another, that 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 we're blessed, that we're uh, empowered. Yeah. Amen? And um, if one weeps, we weep with them. If one rejoices, we get mad at them because they got some success and we didn't. <laughs> we rejoice with them. Amen? And, and that divine connection between all of us makes us all stronger. Yes. Hallelujah. It's amazing, God's plan. Yes. 
So um, let's let's look at uh, Psalm 133, 3. And I want to talk to you for a minute about the pastor. And uh, I believe, okay, Psalm 133 is where we're going. I believe there's an anointing on the office of the pastor to shepherd the sheep, to be a shepherd. Amen? Um, and I know that there's extremes with all that. We're not going to go into that. We're, we're, we're speaking the truth tonight. Amen? Uh, and, and so the, the uh, anointing of a pastor and the office of a pastor is to tend to the flock, to nurture the flock, to love the sheep, and the the biggest part of the pastoral office is to feed the flock. Feed the flock of God. Amen. Amen. Um, and we won't go into all those scriptures, but, you know, you can look those up. Feed the flock of God. Now, I have learned that if you don't eat or drink, you have probably about eight to approximately about eight to ten days to live. You die if you don't eat or drink within eight to ten days. Now, there are some people that can make it a little longer and some maybe that wouldn't make it that long. Eight to ten days. Now, this is our spiritual food. Amen? And we might not drop dead if we don't get some, you know, spiritual food in eight to ten days. Um, You know, Adam didn't drop dead the minute they disobeyed God. But he said, when you eat of that fruit, you shall surely die you know, because of the disobedience and, and the not following God properly. And so I believe it takes away from our life, our life that God's given us, the abundant life. It, it, it takes away from it. It, it. It's almost like we can forget who we are if we're not looking into the Word and start living like the world in and anxiety and depression and hopelessness and hatefulness and, and fearfulness and all the things that the world uh, continually pumps out if we don't get ourselves in a sanctuary. Amen? A sanctuary. Praise the Lord. And uh, so Psalm 133, verse 1 says, "How uh, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity it is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments and it says in the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion for there the Lord commanded the blessing even life forever so this this picture of the ointment the precious ointment or the anointing Flowing from the head, we know Jesus is the chief shepherd. Amen? It's his kingdom. Hallelujah. And so he's the chief shepherd, the head, but it flows down through the body. Hallelujah. And it says there, the Lord commands his blessing. Praise God. I believe that's a picture of the church. Because the head and even, you know, the under shepherds, the, the pastors, the local pastors who are under the great shepherd, of course, but they have leadership positions. Amen. They'll be held accountable for those positions. And as that anointing goes from this pulpit to you, that's the blessing. Amen. That's a part of the blessing 
that we need the empowerment, praise God, to help the world and to point our our generation and those under us, as generations coming up, point them to Jesus. Amen. And so the strength comes as we gather together, as we uh, as we dwell. The Bible says, "Dwell together in unity." Hallelujah! What a beautiful thing! Praise God. So the pastors uh, in Ephesians chapter four, verse eleven, the pastors are to perfect the saints. They are to prepare God's people for works of service, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. And the pastors, of course, along with the other four offices. But that's the, you know, the uh, intent of putting a pastor in a a local church. It's not just um, he's the president of the corporation or, you know, like he's, uh, the leader of the Optimist Club, there's an anointing on him. Amen? There's a grace on him for you. <laughs> Amen? I'm telling you, I think the greatest thing, and one of the greatest things, I hate to make it so absolute, but one of the greatest things about being in a local church is to uh, rely upon that anointing on your pastor to speak wisdom into your life. Amen. To bring wisdom. And sometimes I think because of the, especially our pastor, it's, it's such inspired utterance that comes forth from him that there's even more to grab. Amen. There's even more to, uh, to take hold of. Like they say, the low hanging fruit, you know, there's a lot of low hanging fruit here that you can take in very easily because he's led of the spirit and he speaks by the spirit of God. And there's such inspired utterance that those uh, gifts of the Spirit are in operation and flowing very freely, which is amazing. Amen. Thank God for our pastor. And there's many other pastors, praise God, across the United States and the world that, uh, you know, flow in that. But I'm glad I'm here. Amen. How about you? Praise the Lord. Amen. Me too. Glory. I thank God for our pastor. So your blessing, now listen to this, because this is the crux of the whole message tonight. Your blessing, your empowerment is connected to your local church. It is connected to your local church. Your blessing or empowerment is connected to your local church. So if you're connected, you've got that pipeline. Amen. You've got, you know, I know this word's probably been overused, the covering, but there is a covering. There's a covering of being a local church. We pray every every week, and some of us pray every day for the people in our church. You're being covered, amen. And and that's apart from the word that's going forth and being taught and the truth of the Spirit of God. Um, and I think when you're taught from the word and you're taught from the Bible, it really does solve these world problems in our minds and our hearts. You know. Uh, they're just so lost without the word. They're so lost without God. I mean, just think about for a minute, family, uh, trying to raise children, uh, or rear children, they would say, in this day and time, without the word. Now, how, how in the world can you, you know, they try to come up with these little things like, we've heard lately there's free range parenting. And then there's helicopter parenting. And, you know, all these things, <laughs> all these characteristics of different ways you can, 
and and come on. The Bible teaches you. You can look right there in Ephesians, and it tells you how, exactly what to do to teach and train your children. That it'll be well with them, and they'll live long on the earth. Amen. Uh, it tells you exactly about marriage. It's about a man and a woman. Wow. Who would we would never think that people would argue with that, right? Well. We've left the Word, but we need to get back to the Word because it just doesn't work without the Word. And God is the one that instituted marriage, so it's His idea, so it's His plan, so we need to do it His way. Amen? And and if the world wants things differently, don't call it marriage because marriage is a Bible word. Holy matrimony is a Bible concept. Amen? And it's between a man and a woman. Hallelujah. It just is. Praise the Lord. And so then it teaches us in Ephesians how that comes to, into being and how that comes into play. And, and let's read that and then, and then we'll go for tonight. I know this is, we could go a long time on all this, but let's, let's read Ephesians chapter five because not only is it talking about a husband and a wife, but it also is talking about Christ and the church. Amen. The church, that's us. That's us tonight. So let's look at this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. We said that a while ago, right? And, and you know, this, again, reiterating, this Church is his house, God's house. Didn't Malachi say, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there would be meat in my house? Mine, I think it says mine, M-I-N-E, but it means my house. The church, this is God's house, amen? And so, um, it, it, you know, Christ is head of the church and is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, and we are, so the, let the wives be subject to their own husbands and everything. So it gives you this picture. And, and see, notice this. Marriage and church are being compared, are being, uh, you, you just, you can't get one without the other because they're just alike. One is more spiritual in the unseen realm, but it, it is exactly the same. As a husband and a wife. Well, that makes you know why the devil doesn't want marriage. It, you know, he wants couples living together and not getting married. And he wants, you know, every kind of whatever kind of relationship. You can marry your dog or your cat or whatever you want to do. And and, and, and so, uh, you know, he wants to, to get you outside of what really the marriage looks like. And especially he wants you out of the church. Amen. So uh, let's. Let's pay attention and not be ignorant of his devices. Don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Um, So we're on verse 25, and the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. He He gave his life. He gave up his life for the church. So what does that mean for a husband? Give it up, amen? Give it up. 
<laughs> give up your life for your wife. Yes. Ah, what do you mean, Scarlett? <laughs> yeah, that's what he's saying right here. Amen. But I'm telling you, when you give up your life for your wife, your wife will absolutely adore you. <laughs> she won't have any problem submitting to anything you come up with if you give up your whole life for her. Praise God. It's the truth. It's the truth. Amen. So um, then, so the, again, this is a picture that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man yet ever hated his own flesh, but nourish and cherish it, so that even the Lord the church. Notice, nourishing and cherishing. That's what uh, the picture of the, the husband is supposed to be to the wife. Nourishing and cherishing. But also, Christ is nourishing his church. Amen. Amen? He cherishes his church. It's something he's very interested in. So much so that he said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Come together and let me cherish you and let me nourish you. And I've got the special uh, under-shepherd pastor for you to be tended to, for you to be cared for. And, praise God, as we come together, we care for one another. We get, we get cared at all the way around. Amen? So no man yet ever hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, uh, at, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, shall be joined unto his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. But this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. He's, he's giving us all these clues about marriage, but really this whole passage is about Christ and the church. Yeah. The church, the church, the church. Amen? It's so important to be a part of a local church. Amen. Amen. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and wife see that she reverence her husband. Praise God. So your blessing, your empowerment is your connection to the local church. We are a body. Amen. We're a body of believers. Hallelujah. Every one of us has a supply and we are to be, to be supplied to. I remember, I'll close with this. I remember years ago, my dad, um, my mother and dad were responsible for starting a local church way back in the early 80s and uh, late 70s really and uh, they hired a pastor and they uh, you know were very integral in this part of the you know the beginning of this pioneering this church and uh, my dad was a workaholic you know he was had this work ethic and felt like everybody in the earth should have it you know and so he got mad one time he said that the pastor's not working hard enough and so I'm not going back to church I'm done if he can't do more work than he's doing, then I'm not going to support it and I'm not going to go back and I'm not going to have any part of it. So he said that he made this decision and that afternoon he was praying a little bit and the Lord said, why aren't you going back to church? <laughs> and he said, because that pastor's not working hard enough. <laughs> and he goes, 
the thing he told me, and I think he might have said it at the church after all this came to pass, but he told me, he said, I heard the Spirit of God say, they don't need you, but you need that local church. You need them. You need to go to that church. Amen. Amen. Because we can get haughty and say, well, they need my money or they need my presence or they need the work I do, you know. And sure, I'm sure it, it helps. But, you know, we need the local church. We need the local pastor. And he got himself back in the church and repented and just started praying for the pastor. How about that? Pray for the pastor. And the work got done and the church grew and everything, you know, happened like it's supposed to, amazingly. (laughs) And that's something, how God can do what he wants to do, with or without us. But we want him to do it with us, right? We want to be a part of the kingdom of God and the church of God. So um, I encourage you, and, and our, our, you know, I'm really not talking to the ones here tonight too much because y'all are such faithful, wonderful members and powerful. Maybe, hopefully it's encouraged you, but even, you know, if you're watching online and maybe you don't live in Florida, maybe you live somewhere else, find a church, amen? Find a local pastor and let your life be enriched amen. through participating as a member of the body of Christ, amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this night that we can be encouraged that our blessing, our empowerment is in connection with a local church, our local church. And we thank you for it, Father, the pipeline, the prop and the support of truth, the the pillar of, of truth in our life, the church of the living God. And so we honor you tonight and we we give thanks for our pastors and for our churches all over. We thank you, Father, for them. And we especially thank you for this one, for Grace Harvest Church. We're so grateful for every member, for every person who comes and attends. We thank God for them. And we ask you tonight to bless them, strengthen them, help them in every way. May they have great wisdom in their life. May they have purpose. And may they realize the vision for their life through the vision of Grace Harvest Church. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And I felt led earlier, if you just bow your heads for a minute, close your eyes. Um, Some people maybe who are listening tonight, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'd like to give an invitation for that. Maybe you've been to church or you've been involved in church prior in earlier days of your life, etc., but you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to give that invitation to you tonight to be born again, to be born of God. It's very simple. You just ask the Lord uh, to come into your life. You just say, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and I believe that He died for me on the cross, and I make Him my Lord tonight and my Savior. And I thank you, Lord, that I'm born again right now. Just that simple prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. And if you've not been filled with the Holy Ghost, and you would, you've been saved but not filled with the Holy Ghost, and you'd like to be filled, so simple. All you do is ask. Ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And He does. The Bible says when we ask, we receive. And then because you're filled, then you have that ability to speak in other tongues, to speak in unknown tongues. 
So simply ask him to fill you. Receive the Holy Spirit tonight in Jesus' name. And then just begin to speak in those other wonderful tongues as you pray and as you magnify God, as you praise him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.